Hi everyone, Gary Tester from Catholic Charities. Father Antonin from Catholic Charities. I love that, that's so cool. And we're here for another podcast episode of Mercy in Action. Joining us today is Erin Burley, who is a clinic coordinator for Catholic Charities Healthcare Services. Hi Erin. Hi, good morning, how are you? We're great, how are you? Good, thank you. Well, we're happy to have you with us. Thank yeah. you very you much. Know, it's like for a the Catholic invitation. Charities reunion. Ah, wow. You know, a trinity. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. So the way yes. we normally do this, Father, is you open us with reflection. It's been some time since I've seen you. Yes, you know, I, I can't even remember how to do these things, but we'll see. So we always begin with prayer and a reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And a short reading from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 1, verses 30 and 31. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told Jesus about her. He approached, grasped her hand, helped her up. Then the fever left her. I think that when we think of healing ministry, this is exactly what it's all about. That we are in the business of approaching people taking them by the hand, and as we take them by the hand, we help them. And the help that is given is healing. And so healing takes place in body, in mind, and in spirit. And so I believe that that is what our healthcare services in Catholic Charities is all about. And we'll hear more about that. So let us pray. Help us, O God, to see the wounds of our brothers and sisters who are denied their dignity. May we refrain from judgment and envy toward others. Enable us to accept the good in every person. It is time for us to bear the weaknesses and struggles of our brothers and sisters. Let us help others escape the doubt that causes them to fall into despair. And may the flesh of your Son, visible in the tortured, the scourged, the malnourished, and the exiled, be acknowledged, touched, and cared for by us. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Anthony. You're so, most welcome. So, you know, as we've talked about health care, and we've talked about all this mercy in action, I suspect that this is probably one of the ministries of Catholic Charities that people know very little about unless you've had a direct interaction with one of our clinics. And Erin's in kind of a unique position because she oversees a number of our clinics uh, in, in the North Deanery. A number? Uh, do we, do we have number. more than one? So Erin, would you describe for us the medical services that we have in the North Deanery? Sure. So we have a uh, clinic in Eustis, St. Luke's where we have medical and dental. We have a dental clinic in Leesburg, Lazarus Dental Clinic. We have Lazarus Medical Clinic in Wildwood. And then we have a medical and soon-to-be dental clinic in Ocala. Um, we see patients that are uninsured and low income and have been denied Medicaid. So that's a ministry. And, and so let's let's talk about that for a minute, Erin, um, because Erin has great familiarity with our with our clinics um, and in fact has served as the on-site manager for the St. Luke's clinic for some time. Erin, how do these clinics work? I, I'm sure if I'm a listener, I'm thinking, well, wh where do they get the doctors? Uh, you know, how much do they pay these docs? Uh, how, explain for folks who are listening what our healthcare services look like. 
Okay, so all our services are free. Um, patients come in and they see a medical provider, doctor, nurse practitioner, um, dentist, a hygienist. Um, they do not pay anything. All our medical and dental providers volunteer their time. Um, most of them uh, currently still work, so they you know work their normal day at their office and then they come here um, after hours. Um, which is also convenient for patients because they don't have to miss work to be able to come and get uh, services from us. Um, the dental clinic um, in particular is important because if people have a dental emergency, they have nowhere else to go. You can, If you have a medical emergency, you can go to an emergency room and be treated. If you have a dental emergency, there's nowhere for you to go. And if you can't afford a dentist, um, it can be pretty horrible, so they can um, they can come here and uh, and receive their services uh, for free. So you're saying that there's no copay at all. There's no copay. Oh. No. <laughs> wow. no. So patients they either come in or make a phone call to see if they would qualify. And again, the qualifications are no health insurance whatsoever, no Medicaid, no Medicare, and low income, and that goes according to the federal poverty guidelines. Um, and if we've deemed that they're eligible for our services, then um, they come in, they, they're seen for free. Um, they can have blood work done for free, um, but if they need any medications, then those they would have to pay out of pocket. But our providers look for the, the least expensive medication. So there's constant attention to making yes. sure that everybody who comes through the door is cared for and then leaves with, ideally, that it sounds like you're in the same expectation that that any of us with insurance might have when we go to our physician. Yes, and I have to say we've had patients who later on, who had been seen here and then later on get some sort of insurance and then go to a, to a private practice and every single one comes back and says that the care that they've received at the free clinic has been superior to the care that they're getting in a private practice. So I have no doubt about that, and I think you hit on the, the key point when you talk about the fact that all of our healthcare professionals are volunteer. What's the best part of your job? Oh, that's a tough one. I we only have twenty. We only have twenty minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can extend for you, Erin. <laughs> um, you know, the best part of my job is at the end of the day, I go home feeling great about what I've been able to do. I really feel like every day I can be Jesus to everybody that I come in contact with. Um, a lot of people, when they come through our doors, they're in horrible situations. They, you know, they're not treated well. They, um, you know, they may have just lost their job. They've lost insurance. They're sick. They, um, you know, coming across people that are not always kind to them. Pope Francis has said that all it takes is one good person to restore hope. And we have a lot of good people in all of our clinics. So um, we're able to restore hope to those patients and they can walk away. Um, they come in you know, miserable and in a bad mood. And, and when they walk away and they have a smile on their face or tears in their eyes saying, thank you so much for being so kind to us. Um, I would say that is tied with you know, the top good part of my, the best part of my job. The other one is being able to make a difference in the longevity of people's lives. We have people that come in with diabetes or or critically high cholesterol that would not have known if it wasn't for us or not have been able to get treated if it wasn't for us. And these are people with families and children and um, we're able to literally add years on to their lives. So you're fulfilling Matthew 25 where we see clearly mm -hmm. the, you know, the works of mercy there. 
You know, yeah. so I was sick and you cared for me. Oh, really being Jesus to others. I, that That's a great ministry, isn't it? Yes, it, it truly is. You know, I think about the healthcare professionals. So Aaron mentioned that they they work their normal demanding jobs and then they leave their normal demanding mm-hmm. jobs and they come to volunteer time at a clinic for the uninsured, for the poor. And, you know, that just sounds so counterintuitive to how the normal world would work. It's really rather remarkable. Aaron, like at St. Luke's, how many physicians would you guess we have who volunteer their time? Um, we have about a t- about 10 at St. Luke's. 10 physicians, and then there's mm-hmm. nurses, there's nurse practitioners. Wow. There's, I think at St. Luke's we also have a, a volunteer um, mental health professional, correct? We do. We have a licensed mental health counselor. He comes once a week. And volunteers his mm-hmm. time. So, Father Anthony, when you talked about that holistic approach, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. physical, the, the, the spiritual, Aaron is describing exactly what you articulated, and you guys didn't talk about this beforehand. No, we, we didn't, you know. I mean, this is how the Spirit works, you know. I mean, because if we're really doing works of mercy, mm-hmm. now, this is truly a mercy in action, you know. And, um, and as we keep on doing that, you know, I, I think of, the names of those two clinics in particular that you mentioned, St. Luke, St. Luke, who is the patron saint mm-hmm. of physicians, Correct. you know, and, and Lazarus. Lazarus, you, you know, it's bringing back someone from the dead, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, and, and that's what healing is all about, you know. That's what mercy is. So, and you said that you're being Jesus to these persons. It gives me an opportunity every day to live my faith. That's awesome. So, Aaron, practically speaking, so if I'm listening to this and now, okay, I'm I'm interested in learning more. You know, like, do people come because they have a cough, because they have a stomach ache? I mean, you mentioned diabetes, but who comes to the clinics? So we get everything. We get, yes, we get the people that have a cough or uh, a cold. We get the people that are... Um, diabetic and some have already been diagnosed with diabetes and for some reason um, are not able to continue with whatever provider that they had previously. Like I said, it could be they lost a job or, um, you know, some life-changing event. It could be that they didn't know they were diabetic and they're just coming for, you know, a general, general checkup and we send for blood work and comes back and, you know, they're diabetic or they have critically high, um, we've had two recently with critically high cholesterol levels. We've had people that, we have many people that go to the emergency room, they don't have health insurance and they don't have a lot of money and um, the emergency room will then refer them to us. We had a woman who went in for what she thought was a toothache. The emergency room gave her uh, antibiotics and and then referred her to us. Well, when she came to us, it turned out that she did not have a toothache. She had fairly advanced cancer in her jaw and she ended up we were able to hook her up with Shan's hospital and she ended up having to have over half of her jaw removed if she would not if she would not have ended up at our clinic or a clinic similar to ours she would be dead that's amazing and so the regular clinics or hospitals would really um, refer people to you as well the hospital refers to us and um some private physicians' offices, if they know about us and they have a patient that comes in that doesn't have insurance and isn't able to pay for private pay, they, they will refer to us. 
So how do they get to know about you? Um, a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, there is also in Lake County a partnership program. It's um, Lake Health Partnership where the clinics and hospitals have representatives that meet once every other month. And um, so we're all aware of the services that exist in, in the county. Um, and so then we refer, we refer amongst each other. And are there persons, you know, medical persons who can say, okay, if you come across a case that you cannot deal with, you know, refer that to us. Would they be willing to take on a referral from, from your clinics? Yes, we all, we all refer with amongst ourselves. Um, if we have people um, that have, say, mental health issues that we're not able to deal with and need a psychiatrist, then, um, then we refer to the place in the county that is able to take care of that. And they've developed, Father Anthony, um, my understanding of our healthcare programs, they've developed a rather extensive network of specialists who, um, at each of our clinics, we also have, I should say, we also have a clinic down in St. Cloud in Osceola County, the St. Thomas Aquinas Clinic. And one of the beautiful things about these ministries is that it's that concept of as you give back, as you act as Jesus or act on his behalf in caring for others, there seems to be this little spark that spreads from those who are volunteering their time in our offices to their colleagues. And so um, Erin and, and her team um, are able then to work in getting folks seen by specialists as the need arises. Um, and again, this is all done, I'll just say through the Holy Spirit, because it's certainly not an orchestrated effort that takes place at a community or government level. Um, we're very blessed to have some support um, in Lake County, especially from the taxing district. But, you know, overall, I think um, this is just a ministry that the Holy Spirit guides. And I think that's probably why Aaron talks the way she does about the joy of being able to serve. Now, when we have a ministry such as this, you know, um, we'd love to get this out of Lake County. You know, we, we have Orange County, we have, you know, Brevard, we have all of these counties mm -hmm. where, where we have needs. So are there any plans to expand the healing ministry of Catholic Charities? We do have um, Lazarus Clinic. Um, so we also serve um, Marion and, and Sumter County. Um, we have a clinic that is being built as we speak in Ocala. And that's a, a clinic through Blessed Trinity Catholic Church that we'll be managing for the diocese. And then, um, Father Anthony, one of the things that I can add to the question you asked Aaron, so we're constantly evaluating where needs are. And um, we desire to see people who are uninsured cared for. And one of the things that Orange County is truly blessed with is there are other free clinics that exist here in the county, um, some rather extensive um, networks of clinics. I, I would hesitate to call it duplication of services because we know there are many, many people who are poor and have no insurance. But we are blessed to have some of those clinics here with rather um, large capabilities. And so we've not really looked at should we open a clinic in Orange County. There are other ministries that we feel should be prioritized. But we do have conversations um, with some of um, the counties outside of the immediate metropolitan area about ways that we could become involved in helping to support them. Um, and that's, as you have gathered, we're going into a strategic planning process. And part of what we're looking at is what are the needs of God's people in each of these counties and, and what role can Catholic Charities play in harmony with parishes and, and other entities to try and make those services available. And I'm sure that Catholic Charities is just 
trying to collaborate with other persons right. for the good of the people of God. Well, that's that's exactly it. And and um, Aaron and and the team she works with, and and Aaron's boss is uh, Jen Stevenson Crouch. They just they do phenomenal work in reaching out into the communities and, and getting people involved. Aaron, if I'm listening to this and I'm a healthcare professional and I decide that maybe I'd be interested in seeing if I can be a part of what sounds like a beautiful ministry, what am I supposed to do? So they would call either um, you know, Catholic Charities, the headquarters, or one of our clinics, and then myself or somebody would walk them through the process. It's fairly painful. Um, our Providers are all covered under the Department of Health with sovereign immunity, meaning that there was, is no issue or concern as far as malpractice insurance. That's all covered through the state. Fingerprinting through Catholic Charities, um, but it's a pretty quick and painless process, and uh, we will work our schedule around the availability of any volunteers. Our clinics, the hours of operation constantly change depending on the availability of the volunteers. And that's a really important piece, and I'm I'm glad you clarified. I thought I heard you say it's a relatively painful process, and then painless. you yeah, and then <laughs> and then you came back and said, you know, it's really some fingerprinting and things, so it's it's yeah. really painless, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, it's 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 really interesting because I know that at our clinics, what Aaron has described, I mean, they're they're professionals at it in terms of they modify their hours based on which docs are available and and when they can come in and. How many patients a year do we see through the clinics, Erin? Each clinic is very different. Like at St. Luke's? In St. Luke's, we see approximately 100 a month. Um, and in um, Lazarus Clinic in, in Wildwood, it's double that. Yeah, and that's grown over the years. And, you know, one of the things that um, I remember one of my first conversations with Jen after I got here, um, and then in a meeting that Jen and Aaron and I had up at St. Luke's, People assume that the economy's good. People are employed. I saw today the unemployment rate is at the lowest it's been in, in 50 years. And yet we, so we assume that everybody's got health care. And the reality is, is everybody doesn't have health care. And the reality is we have many working poor. And so this is just a huge ministry that allows us to reach out to people. And, and as you said, Father, out of Matthew 25, it gives us the experience and the opportunity to, to care for those who are ill. Aaron, I wouldn't be wrong in, in saying that we've actually become the medical home for some folks, haven't we? That is very correct. Yes, um, we help people manage their diabetes, their high blood pressure, um, and if it weren't for the clinics, they would have nowhere to go. So I have a twofold question. Okay. Do I have to be Catholic to volunteer there, and do I have to be Catholic to benefit from the services of the clinics? Absolutely not. Um, we don't even ask. Um, we don't even ask somebody's religion. We don't ask immigration status. The only thing in order to be a um, a patient, uh, no health insurance and low income. And to be a volunteer, um, the only requirement uh, is really to um, pass the the fingerprinting, and that's it. Well, it's for all. It's it is. truly Catholic. It is for, yeah, it's truly Christian. Yeah. Christian it, Catholic. It's it's amazing. And Aaron, talk a little bit, if you will, about um, the the new dental clinic in in Leesburg. In February, we started seeing dental patients in Leesburg. It's uh, across the street from St. Paul's Catholic Church. It is 
a extension of the Lazarus Medical Clinic, which is in Wildwood. We currently have two dentists that are volunteering and one hygienist, and we're always looking for new providers, medical and dental, nurses, physicians, nurse practitioners, hygienists, dental assistants. Um, the more we have, the more patients we're, um, we're able to serve. Dental, we always have a waiting list for dental. That's one of our higher needs. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's really interesting. Um, Father Mark is no longer at St. Paul, but it was Father Mark and Father Gianni. Correct. Father Gianni's in Wildwood. Father Mark was at St. Paul. It was their idea to take space that we had used at one time with Catholic Charities in partnership with St. Paul for what we call family stability programs and to make better use of that space and to create the dental chairs. And it's just, it's, it's been a beautiful ministry. And Father, you know from your time at, at uh, St. Pat's in Mount Dora, the St. Luke's Clinic is a ministry oh. between Catholic Charities and two parishes, right. one of which you know, was St. Patrick's. You know, so, so it now means that we'll have to get on to Father Martin. <laughs> yes, St. Paul's. You yes. have so. to get him involved in that. We have certain specialties. Not only do we have internal medicine, we talked about diabetes and, and high cholesterol, but we also have some specialists. Um, we have a neurologist that drives all the way from New Smyrna to St. Luke's um, to see wow. patients. And um, Lazarus has gotten quite a few specialists. Um, recently, they have the villages to draw from with a large retired community who's able to um, volunteer. Um, and we refer back and forth between the clinics. If they have a specialist that um, St. Luke's doesn't have, St. Luke's refers to Lazarus and, um, and, and vice versa. And St. Luke's had been seeing all the dental patients between Orlando and Ocala. And Father Gianni and some of the volunteers you took on that uh, the task, seeing that that was a huge need. Speaking to your point, Gary, about identifying needs and, and then providing those services, and they realized that dental was a huge need, and that's how uh, that's how the Leesburg Lazarus Dental was, was born. It's a great story. It's an absolutely great story. So for individuals listening, um, Aaron had mentioned that if you're a healthcare professional who would like to volunteer, you can call Catholic Charities. I just want to point out that the number you can call there is 407-658-1818. You can also visit our website, which would be www.cflcc.org, and there's information on there as well about our healthcare ministries. We would invite, you've heard Aaron say that um, the key to our ministry is our ability to engage volunteer healthcare professionals, and we're always willing to take on more um, because it just allows us greater flexibility in terms of hours and the number of people that we can see. I also want to add, um, you know, when we talk about mercy in action, um, Father Anthony, that this ministry, like all Catholic Charities ministries and, and ministries that parishes have throughout the diocese, but this one touches me in, in a different way. Part of the way these ministries survive is through our own action. Um, And, uh, you know, I would just ask that people would hold the clinics, the professionals and staff, um, all the volunteers and the the patients we're so uh, privileged to serve to hold them in prayer. There's nothing more important than knowing that I have someone who will care for me when I don't feel well. And it's also important that we pray for those who might hear the Holy Spirit saying, volunteer. We, we need those volunteers, and, and we would ask people to consider that. And then the other piece that I would say, and I don't typically do this, but these ministries are critical, and, and they require financial support. Um, soon we'll be putting out, um, uh, we'll be conducting our annual collection for Catholic Charities in November, the second weekend of November. And 
um, it's important that people understand, especially with these ministries, um, that, that they really do, the operating costs that are there are, are managed very well, but we rely on folks to extend that mercy through their charitable contribution, uh, which helps us to buy some of the medical supplies and to have incredibly great professionals like Aaron who manage these clinics and keep all the patients happy and keep all the docs and nurses and nurse practitioners moving forward. So to this ministry, Jesus would say the words, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Indeed. So we have to pray the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers, medical persons into this field. Amen. Father, would you uh, wrap us up today? With a short prayer, let us pray. With our eyes fixed on Jesus' merciful gaze, let us experience the love of the Most Holy Trinity through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thank it's you. been thank a great conversation. We appreciate everything look, you look and all of the team does. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you.